The Urbanist is brought to you in association with the Department of Culture and Tourism, Abu Dhabi. Sadiat Cultural District Abu Dhabi is a beacon of hope and inspiration. A catalyst to spark growth and collaboration with museums and experiences, where art and science and nature and technology coexist. The belief of Abu Dhabi that culture is the backbone of our society. Stay tuned for a special episode of the show, in which you can hear His Excellency Mohammed Khalifa Al-Mubarak explain exactly why and how Sadiat Cultural District Abu Dhabi is the perfect place to collaborate, create, and innovate. Sadiat Cultural District Abu Dhabi, proud partner of The Urbanist on Monocle Radio. What's in a name? A surname doesn't just define a person, It can also define a nationality, a community, or a lineage. Finding an area of a city where your name pops up regularly, especially if yours is a rare one, likely means there is a personal story just waiting to be uncovered. You're listening to Tall Stories, a monocle production, brought to you by the team behind The Urbanist. I'm Andrew Tuck. In this episode, Chris Chermak looks into his last name and the history that surrounds it in Chicago. The Masaryk School in Cicero is just off of Chermak Road on the outskirts of the city of Chicago. It's the only Czech language school with its own building in the United States. They've recently introduced a weekly class for preschoolers, which is who you're hearing right now. But the school has long offered classes for older children and adults looking to connect with their heritage. Most of the Czech-American community of Chicago has dispersed to the suburbs over the last few decades, but many parents are still willing to make the trek back here, to what was once the heart of the Czech community in Chicago. That's according to the school's vice president, Clara Moldova. Oftentimes it's funny to see the last names because they're all Czech, but it's usually second-generation, third-generation Bohemians who are trying to either revive what they learned as little children or... They're trying to learn the language that their parents or grandparents kept away from them. The Masaryk school has existed for around a century, but it's drawn support from the Czech government only in the last decade. Klara was the first teacher sent directly from Prague to be a full-time teacher, but she already had a connection. Klara's great-grandmother lived right here in Cicero from 1920 to 1930. She says many second- or third-generation Czechs had no idea that the Maslik school still existed, until she started posting about it. Recently, I became a member of this Cicero Memory Lane group on Facebook. And, you know, they share advertisements about the old Czech recipes that their grandmother cooked. And I recently posted something about our school and people were excited. And, you know, they had no idea that, that the Czech things still exist. And so we received many uh, comments and questions on how do we operate and people share their own stories, how they pass the school every day when going with their grandmother to the Wilson School. So it's nice that thanks to this group, we're able to track back a little bit. 
Beyond language teaching, part of the Maslik school's mission nowadays is to preserve the heritage. That includes learning about famous Czechs in America, and you can't do that without one of the city's most influential mayors, Anton Cermak. And what you can see here in this illustration, Cermak kind of in a boxing match, metaphorical boxing match with Big Bill Thompson, who was the mayor against whom he competed during the campaign. This is Irina Kachkova, who teaches both Czech and Spanish at the University of Chicago and is also a part-time instructor here at the school. She's showing me a book written recently about famous Czech Americans by Renata Fuchikova, a Czech writer and illustrator. You know, he was the guy who would use insults against Cermak during his campaign, insulting him for his last name, like how can somebody with a name like that win and, you know, purposefully uh, mispronounce it and call him the Bohang, Pushkar Tony, they call him just to put him down. But actually, it was really with the support of the of the people who came from the same background as Cermak did that he eventually won. Now, my own reason for visiting this school and neighborhood is pretty simple. My family name is Cermak. It's from my Austrian father, but it is of Czech origin. And while I may not be related, Chicago has about the most famous Cermak in American history. If I thought that would help me with the pronunciation of my name, I was wrong. The Czech community here says Cermak, but the Chicago-American community says Cermak. My own family suffers a similar confusion between my Austrian father and American mother, but I digress. Anton Cermak was elected Chicago's mayor in 1931. He became among the first of a wave of new European immigrants to the U.S. in the 1900s to be elected to citywide office. Just two years later, in 1933, Cermak was assassinated. He took a bullet that was intended for U.S. President Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Lore has it that he told Roosevelt he was glad to have taken that bullet for him. The thing about him saying, I'm glad it was me, not you, that's not been verified. But it is true that while he lay in the hospital there, people that came to see him reported that he said, in effect, I hope the president does the things that I'm not going to be around to do. This is Ron Grossman, a historian and staff writer for the Chicago Tribune. Grossman writes a weekly column these days for the Tribune that involves going through the archives. Grossman says Chermak was personable and engaging, and may have even given Roosevelt the idea for his famous fireside chats. But here in Chicago, Chermak is most famous for channeling the voting power of the immigrant community, and finally giving them a voice in American city politics. Oh yes, he changed the whole history of this uh, city. Up to his point... The attitudes toward uh, immigrants and their descendants in Chicago, and pretty much generally in the big cities, was, we're glad to have you here because you work cheap, but keep your mouth shut. And that's what he realized, that uh, he could represent all of the people who were immigrants or the descendants of immigrants, and all felt left off out of the system. That's sort of dying now, but it set the great years of the Chicago political machine here. But anyway, that's what Sherbach did. He changed the whole game. He brought the people who were not WASP in the broad sense into the process, and it was a winning thing. That ability to bring a new generation of naturalized American citizens to the voting booth 
That has formed the basis for what's called the democratic machine of Chicago today. It veered away from the Republican political machine at the time and involved providing actual services for new immigrant arrivals. And Sir Mac and the immigrants certainly took it a step further than the Republican machine that we had, but connecting them to city government. This is Constance Mixon, professor of political science and director of the Urban Studies program at Elmhurst University. And the thing about machines is that there's two sides to machines, right? There's the side that breeds corruption and all the terrible things that we hear about machine politicians. But then there's also the side that provided services. There was no safety net, either at the national level or the state level or local level. And so machine politicians capitalized on the opportunity, right? So they would help them get their citizenship, help them find places to live, also help them with a job. And then when it came time to vote, you know, they're friends, right? And they know government and they understand things. So they're going to follow what their friend tells them to do. This Tuesday, May 9th, marks the 150th anniversary of Anton Chermak's birth. A larger gathering, including current Mayor Lori Lightfoot, is planned at the Chicago Cultural Center, a sign of just how much Chermak's legacy means to this city. There is, of course, also a Chermak Road here in Chicago. The 20-mile-long street itself tells a tale of Chicago's long history of ethnic communities. It starts in Chinatown, before moving through Chicago's erstwhile Czech neighborhoods, which these days are home to a more recent influx of Hispanic immigrants. Here, for example, you can see Rositsky National Cleaners, right? So that's still, yeah. that's still a Czech name right there. Here, a lot of the places, right, you already... Hispanic names. Irena, the Czech and Spanish language teacher, is the perfect person to take me on a little drive along Chermak Road, though much of what she shows me is buildings that have not been preserved. But this building, if you look uh, above the main entrance, it says Sokol Slavsky. And so this used to be a Sokol building. There is a theater there. You know, it was a gathering space as well. And it's just, I guess, too expensive to take care of it. So a lot of these buildings are disappearing. Such is the circle of life in a city. New immigrants tend to start out in a single community before becoming part of the wider fabric of a city as future generations integrate and are born American citizens. I'd like to think my family namesake Anton Chermak sort of helped that process of integration along. But what's interesting is that in this moment, so many communities across the United States are looking to reconnect with their national heritage. It's why Chicago's Masaryk School, the last Czech language school standing in America, has gained something of a new lease on life. Tool Stories is a monocle production from the team behind The Urbanist. This episode was written by Chris Chermak and produced and edited by David Stevens. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast to receive new episodes every week. I'm Andrew Tuck. Goodbye, and thank you for listening, City Lovers. City Lovers.